Chapter Four of The Last Princess. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tiffany Dew. The Last Princess by George MacDonald. Chapter Four. The wise woman lifted her tenderly and washed and dressed her far more carefully than even her nurse. Then she set her down by the fire and prepared her breakfast. The princess was very hungry, and the bread and milk as good as it could be, so that she thought she had never in her life eaten anything nicer. Nevertheless, as soon as she began to have enough, she said to herself, Ha! I see how it is. The old woman wants to fatten me. That is why she gives me such nice creamy milk. She doesn't kill me now because she's going to kill me then. She is an ogress, after all. Thereupon she laid down her spoon, and would not eat another mouthful, only followed the basin with longing looks as a wise woman carried it away. When she stopped eating, her hostess knew exactly what she was thinking. But it was one thing to understand the princess, and quite another to make the princess understand her. That would require time. For the present, she took no notice, but went about the affairs of the house, sweeping the floor, brushing down the cobwebs, cleaning the hearth, dusting the table and chairs, and watering the bed to keep it fresh and alive, for she never had more than one guest at a time, and never would allow that guest to go to sleep upon anything that had no life in it. All the time she was thus busied, she spoke not a word to the princess, which, with the princess, went to confirm her notion of her purposes. But whatever she might have said would have been only perverted by the princess into yet stronger proof of her evil designs, for a fancy in her own head would outweigh any multitude of facts in another's. She kept staring at the fire, and never looked round to see what the wise woman might be doing. By and by, she came close up to the back of her chair and said, Rosamond, but the princess had fallen into one of her sulky moods and shut herself up with her own ugly somebody so she never looked round or even answered the wise woman Rosamond, she repeated i am going out if you are a good girl that is if you do as i tell you i will carry you back to your father and mother the moment i return the princess did not take the least notice look at me Rosamond," said the wise woman but Rosamond never moved, never even shrugged her shoulders, perhaps because they were already up to her ears and could go no farther. I want to help you to do what I tell you, said the wise woman. Look at me. Still, Rosamond was motionless and silent, saying only to herself, I know what she's after. She wants to show me her horrid teeth, but I won't look. I'm not going to be frightened out of my senses to please her. You had better look, Rosamond. Have you forgotten how you kissed me this morning? But Rosamond now regarded that little throb of affection as a momentary weakness into which the deceitful ogress had betrayed her, and almost despised herself for it. She was one of those who the more they are coaxed are the more disagreeable. For such, the wise woman had an awful punishment. But she remembered that the princess had been very ill brought up, and therefore wished to try her with all gentleness first. She stood silent for a moment to see what effect her words might have, but Rosamond only said to herself, She wants to fatten and eat me. 
and it was such a little while since she had looked into the wise woman's loving eyes, thrown her arms round her neck, and kissed her. Well, said the wise woman gently, after pausing as long as it seemed possible she might bethink herself, I must tell you then without, only whoever listens with her back turned, listens but half, and gets but half the help. She wants to fatten me, said the princess. You must keep the cottage tidy while I am out. When I come back, I must see the fire bright, the hearth swept, and the kettle boiling, no dust on the table or chairs, the windows clear, the floor clean, and the heather in blossom, which last comes of sprinkling it with water three times a day. When you are hungry, put your hand into that hole in the wall, and you will find a meal. She wants to batten me, said the princess. But on no account leave the house till I come back, continued the wise woman, or you will grievously repent it. Remember what you have already gone through to reach it. Dangers lie all around this cottage of mine, but inside it is the safest place. In fact, the only quite safe place in all the country. She means to eat me, said the princess, and therefore wants to frighten me from running away. She heard the voice no more. Then, suddenly, startled at the thought of being alone, she looked hastily over her shoulder. The cottage was indeed empty of all visible life. It was soundless, too. There was not even a ticking clock or a flapping flame. The fire burned still and smoldering-wise, but it was all the company she had, and she turned again to stare into it. Soon she began to grow weary of having nothing to do. Then she remembered that the old woman, as she called her, had told her to keep the house tidy. The miserable little pigsty, she said. Where's the use of keeping such a hovel clean? But in truth, she would have been glad of the employment, only just because she had been told to do it, she was unwilling. For there are people, however unlikely it may seem, who object to doing a thing for no other reason than that it is required of them. I am a princess, she said, and it is very improper to ask me to do such a thing. She might have judged it quite as suitable for a princess to sweep away the dust as to sit the center of a world of dirt, but just because she ought, she wouldn't. Perhaps she feared that if she gave in to doing her duty once, she might have to do it always, which was true enough, for that was the very thing for which she had been specially born. Unable, however, to feel quite comfortable in the resolve to neglect it, she said to herself, I'm sure there's time enough for such a nasty job as that, and sat on, watching the fire as it burned away, the glowing red casting off white flakes and sinking lower and lower on the hearth. By and by, merely for want of something to do, she would see what the old woman had left for her in the hole of the wall. But when she put in her hand, she found nothing there, except the dust which she ought by this time to have wiped away. Never reflecting that the wise woman had told her she would find food there when she was hungry, she flew into one of her furies, calling her a cheat and a thief and a liar and an ugly old witch and an ogress and I do not know how many wicked names besides. She raged until she was quite exhausted and then fell fast asleep on her chair. When she awoke, the fire was out. By this time she was hungry, but without looking in the hole, she began again to storm at the wise woman, in which labor she would no doubt have once more exhausted herself, had not something white caught her eye. It was the corner of a napkin hanging from the hole in the wall. She bounded to it, 
and there was a dinner for her of something strangely good, one of her favorite dishes, only better than she had ever tasted it before. This might surely have at least changed her mood towards the wise woman, but she only grumbled to herself that it was as it ought to be, ate up the food, and lay down on the bed, never thinking of fire or dust or water for the heather. The wind began to moan about the college and grew louder and louder, till a great gust came down the chimney and again scattered the white ashes all over the place. But the princess was by this time fast asleep and never woke till the wind had sunk to a silence. One of the consequences, however, of sleeping when one ought to be awake is waking when one ought to be asleep, and the princess awoke in the black midnight and found enough to keep her awake. For although the wind had fallen, there was a far more terrible howling than that of the wildest wind all about the cottage. Nor was the howling all. The air was full of strange cries, and everywhere she heard the noise of claws scratching against the house, which seemed all doors and windows, so crowded were their sounds, and from so many directions. All the night long she lay half swooning, yet listening to the hideous noises. But with the first glimmer of morning they ceased. Then she said to herself, How fortunate it was that I awoke! They would have eaten me up if I had been asleep. The miserable little wretch actually talked as if she had kept them out. If she had done her work in the day, she would have slept through the terrors of the darkness and awaked fearless, whereas now she had in the storehouse of her heart a whole harvest of agonies reaped from the dun fields of the night. They were neither wolves nor hyenas, which had caused her such dismay, but creatures of the air, more frightful still, which, as soon as the smoke of the burning fir-wood ceased to spread itself abroad, and the sun was a sufficient distance down the sky, and the lone cold woman was out, came flying and howling about the cottage, trying to get in at every door and window. Down the chimney they would have got, but that at the heart of the fire there always lay a certain fir-cone, which looked like solid gold, red-hot, in which although it might easily get covered up with ashes so as to be quite invisible was continually in a glow fit to kindle all the fir cones in the world this it was which had kept the horrible birds some say they have a claw at the tip of every wing feather from tearing the poor naughty princess to pieces and gobbling her up when she rose and looked about her she was dismayed to see what a state the cottage was in the fire was out, and the windows were all dim with the wings and claws of the dirty birds, while the bed from which she had just risen was brown and withered, and half its purple bells had fallen. But she consoled herself that she could set all to rights in a few minutes, only she must breakfast first. And sure enough, there was a basin of delicious bread and milk ready for her in the hole of the wall. After she had eaten it, she felt comfortable, and sat for a long time building castles in the air, till she was actually hungry again, without having done an atom of work. She ate again, and was idle again, and ate again. Then it grew dark, and she went trembling to bed, for now she remembered the horrors of the last night. This time she never slept at all, but spent the long hours in grievous terror, for the noises were worse than before. She vowed and would not pass another night in such a hateful haunted old shed for all the ugly women, witches, and ogresses in the wide world. In the morning, however, she fell asleep and slept late. Breakfast was, of course, her first thought, after which she could not avoid that of work. It made her very miserable. 
but she feared the consequences of being found with it undone a few minutes before noon she actually got up took her pinafore for a duster and proceeded to dust the table but the wood ashes flew about so that it seemed useless to attempt getting rid of them and she sat down again to think what was to be done but there is very little indeed to be done when we will not do that which we have to do her first thought now was to run away at once while the sun was high and get through the forest before night came on she fancied she could easily go back the way she had come and get home to her father's palace but not the most experienced traveller in the world can ever go back the way the wise woman has brought him she got up and went to the door it was locked what could the old woman have meant by telling her not to leave the cottage she was indignant the wise woman had meant to make it difficult but not impossible before the princess however could find the way out she heard a hand at the door and darted in terror behind it the wise woman opened it and leaving it open walked straight to the hearth rosamond immediately slid out ran a little way and then laid herself down in a long heather End of chapter 4 Recording by Tiffany Dew